We finally did it. We finished <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Well, you did. It took you play forever. That is true. It did take me forever. And we finally done it. We finally finished the game. So this is our TGO special. Long time coming. I think, did we buy the game in April, May of this year? Oh, God. Well, yeah, it would have been about a month after everything went into lockdown, I guess. Yeah. I think I already had the game, but I hadn't played okay. it yet. So I bought it, yeah. especially for... And we finally did it. It only took me a few months. It took you a week? Uh, yeah, 110 hours over about over about 10. So 10 times 10, 100. About 11 days or so. Took me <clears> 150 <throat> hours over weeks. <laughs> yeah. So this is our special. We're going to have a deep dive, completely spoiler-filled of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Going to talk about everything we want to talk about and cover with this game we're both big assassin's creed fans we've both played every mainline entry into the franchise creedcast hashtag creedcast and i think the best place to start jay getting right into it really is at the end okay in a sense don't give me your verdict but what were your expectations of this game when you started playing it Hopefully, by the end of the game, I would know a little bit more about where it was heading. The franchise or the game? Uh, the franchise, I guess. Just like, hopefully, there'd be like an answer to, to previous questions that I'd had. But uh, again, I left it too long, so I kind of just forgot what I was expecting, really. If that makes sense. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yes, because you finished it a while ago from recording. God, so yeah. so we have two different perspectives here. So I finished it like last week, I think, uh-huh, today. Uh-huh. And you finished it weeks ago, months ago. So we've got two different perspectives here on our thoughts of the game after finishing it. My expectations of the game was that I didn't really want to play it after the exhaustion of playing Origins. So anything was a good thing at this point but i did know the reputation it had of being a really good single player game and i know that it was apparently humongous from the get-go so let's start with the protagonist jay what do you think of cassandra she's probably one of the best ones like i'd say the best protagonist we've had is probably uh Ezio. sure more than likely I mean, for me, it probably goes Ezio, and then it goes um, Jacob and Evie, and then it probably goes Cassandra. I mean, Cassandra might even be like up there with Ezio at this point. I don't know. Just so I, I think I've probably put about the same amount of time into Odyssey as I had done in across maybe all three of the Ezio games combined, so or at least close to. So it kind of felt like I've had the same amount of time with each character. Because they do, they do say that, don't they? Obviously, you know, long, you know, when you've been around someone long enough, you tend to like that person more, depending on who they are, even though it's a fictional person. But you know, still, still correlates. So, yeah, no, Cassandra's great. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't pick Alexios. He's a bloody ass. Even though yeah. I'm sure he would have been nicer if I chose him as the uh, as the good guy in quotes, you know. Yeah, so, so I just I don't know. I I even said this to you earlier about how I'm not that much of a fan of playing as male characters in games, unless I like really have to. 
I don't really know why. I think it's because I'm just so used to playing so many male characters that I just want a bit of a difference, I guess. I don't know. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I like the difference. But what I was going to say, Jay, is that I didn't know this. Maybe you did. But when you start the game and you pick, you know, whether you play as Alexios or Cassandra, the other one becomes the main villain. Yeah. Which surprised me. I didn't realize that. How long did it take you to realize? As soon as I saw Alexios. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it probably didn't take that long. No, but I, I had no idea that the other one becomes the villain. Yeah, and no, I think I Alexios is way more suited to be the villain from the get-go, oh, really. Oh, definitely, 100%, yeah. Yeah, I agree, Jay. I think Cassandra's one of the best. I personally think she is the best protagonist in the Creed franchise. Yeah, I think more she's better than, I think she's a bit more grey than Ezio. And... Grey? Yeah. What, you mean like, like uh, not good, not bad? Yeah, complex. Like, I guess deep. you get that with like... I guess like villains, you get that sort of like weird comparison between like villains and good guys, right? Because villains are obviously, they think what they are doing is good. They think they're doing the right thing. And the only way that, you know, they, they don't know or they are told they're not doing the right thing is if they have someone against them, which is the good guy, I guess. So I, I feel like the intentions of, of most villains are probably good. It's just they, they tend to go about them the wrong way. Hmm. So, you know, that's what, I think that's why you can get both of them as, but, you know, either the villain or not, to an extent, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure, she's the best protagonist, my favourite protagonist, perhaps unsurprisingly. And we then move, Jay, on to the main story of the game. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of the story beats, how long it was? <laughs> there, we, we should break it down a bit here. There is almost three main quests in the game so you've got the cult of cosmos yeah you've got your your lineage so the pythagoras kind of storyline and then you've got your family direct family and reuniting your family Mm -hmm. and you have to do all three of these so let's start with the family okay that's probably where she's probably the easiest place to start yeah yeah so what did you think of the general concept of slowly you kind of realizing that you're reuniting your family, you're meeting people of your past? Oh, well, Jay, we have to shout out the beginning of this game, mm-hmm. playing as 300. At yeah, the... that was pretty ridiculous. I was like, oh my God, that's so like, because I love the film. The film is obviously amazing and it's obviously a real story. So I just, it felt, I'd like that. I, honestly, if they hadn't done that, I don't think I would like the game as much, weirdly. Because it kind of made the game, like, it introduced you to the abilities, right? Because this is the first game we've had abilities in? Abilities like that, for sure. Yeah, this which we know we're going to have in Valhalla again, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, abilities where it was kind of like the, the, you know, the, the D-pad, right? It was on the D-pad? Yeah. And then you had A, X, Y, and B, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it introduced you to that. I was like, that kind of, that's, I think they did the similar thing in Unity, when they sort of introduced you to the new combat or like the way that the combat was, which I'm kind of glad they did. They're kind of like, I like it when games throw you into the deep end a lot because it kind of just forces you to like get used to it, like figure it out, you know? So like, I don't, I kind of find it a bit annoying when they, sometimes I find it annoying when they sort of like, you know, coddle you in and you kind of just, uh, I don't know. I don't know which one I prefer, but it's just, sometimes it's just nice to have that. I think it fits the, 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 uh, AC. Yeah. And they, 
yeah i think as we go on the less tutorials are going to be like x's to attack and that sort of stuff it's funny though because it jumps you into playing as 300 as leonidas i think as, uh-huh. at the gates of thermopylae and you're using a spear i think and i think spears are the worst weapon in the game <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of those i used them very rarely i think the weapons i used most were probably sword and warhammer i think were my probably my two sure. bigger ones like the two-handed hammers they're probably my favorite and what do you i thought it was I thought it was a nice way to begin with action and to introduce us to combat, but also think like, well, they're doing Greece, so I guess they have to do 300 kind of thing. Yeah, because the whole thing is pretty much based off of it, really, isn't it? It's to do with the mythology, it's to do with all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And what did you think of playing as Leonidas and that sort of thing? Yeah, I was kind of like hoping there was going to be more of that, like there was more flashbacks or something yeah yeah like to me like weirdly i mean i hadn't actually thought about this until now but it would have been cool if there was like a dlc where you could play as the the prelude to the 300 battle like if you could play the actual like past just for like a mission or two that'd be cool yeah you? yeah yeah <laughs> i agree with that i think that i was expecting a couple more flashbacks Again, it feels like it was a necessary thing to do because when they do the locations, Jay, yeah. I think there is an element of we've got to make sure we cover everything in the mythology we want to try and cover because it's unlikely we're going back there. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So I've, I've talked oh, about I that see. before. Yeah. But what did you think about Cassandra being Leonidas being Cassandra's grandfather? What, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's what it was, wasn't it, Leonidas? So Leonidas was your grandfather. grandfather Marine, your mum, was and... Leonidas' daughter. Ah, there you go. That's the that's the correlation. That's the one I was trying to find. Okay. So your dad is just some like awesome warrior, right? Awesome. Spartan your dad's who, Pythagoras, who just so happened to. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I mean like your stepdad then. Yeah, your step. Yeah, your stepdad is a general of Sparta. Yeah, uh, called the Wolf of Sparta. Yeah. yeah stepdad yeah so yeah your dad who you then find out is your stepdad um yeah and the game kind of begins where you as cassandra child cassandra well i think yes. this is a flashback to be fair you get thrown off yeah i'm trying cliff. to remember why so the oracle yeah oh the oracle contro- of course, controlled yeah. by the cult of cosmos <laughs> yeah told them oh but yeah this is this is getting lengthy in it so the bloodline, we're going to have to start at the beginning because this is so confusing. There's a lot, yeah. So the bloodline, the bloodline, the bloodline, there is a bloodline. This goes all the way to the second DLC. The ones who came before are called the Isu. I won't bother explaining them because Jesus Christ, that's I mean, they're basically games. the, um, the uh, first civilization, aren't they, the Isu? Yes. Which are essentially gods, which is what Zeus is and all this stuff yeah every mythological god that you know of is an isu is an isu exactly or like a level of isu because you can have isus who are as you know like you can't have humans that are isus can you so cassandra's bloodline is the mix between isu and human yeah so she's a demigod yeah she's not a god and she's not a human she's a demigod yeah yeah but, but the isu created humans They'll be and <laughs> <laughs> they created humans 
Oh, they, and, that's right. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then they and basically, long story. Yeah, I'm not going to. Re- this that's a whole Assassin's Creed thing. I have yeah. a video on that, but yeah, essentially, you're half Isu, half human, and the Cult of Cosmos want to kill you which is basically like a version of the Templar Order, if you will. They want to kill you because you're a threat to them because of your power. And because Juno probably told them to, right? Maybe. I think think that was basically what the ending was, is that Juno was behind everything anyway. Because she's been behind everything this entire time. Yes, that is true. We will come on to that. We will come on to that. So, um, let's have a think here. So they want to it's kill you. So, so they, they, so the Cult of Cosmos control the Oracle, yes. who tell everyone in Sparta, "You need your child. Your children need to die because they're a threat to Sparta." Well, wasn't it that the brother needed to die, and not necessarily you? But then you end up pushing someone off the cliff, so now you need to die because you killed someone. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. So it they killed. The they killed baby Alexios, or tried yeah, to. Tried to. And and then Cassandra kills the guy, threw him off. Yeah. And then your stepdad throws you off. Yeah. But you both end up surviving. Yeah. What did you think Somehow. about that, Jay? What well, they have think... to. It makes sense. But You're the... going to die at the beginning of the game, eh? Well, no, but I got I got Cassandra not dying. And then as you're thrown off, you kind of find Leonidas' spear, which becomes your main weapon. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and you have no hidden blade, which I don't like in this game. Well, like, technically, personally. your spear is your hidden blade, right? Because you can right. throw it later, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. I yeah, I miss Hidden Blade. But baby survivor and I was like, give over. I mean they're bouncy, they're supposed to be able to uh, survive from heights, aren't they? Is that a thing? That's how they've uh, yeah, that's how babies have evolved over time. Right. If you okay. drop them from a great height, they're supposed to be able to they're supposed to be able to survive it easier than anybody else. Their bones are rubbery when they're first born. Interesting. Yeah. That's why they're so Very... malleable. They're basically like clay. <laughs> Mold, so, mold the head. That's why you can't. Mold that's why head. babies have that soft spot on top of their head because their skull isn't fully formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they survive, and then the Cola Cosmos capture Alexios. <laughs> yeah, train him. This, him. this, this confused me. They trained him up to be Deimos, which yeah. is code name for like a real tough guy, basically. Yeah, basically like a warrior, or like a killer assassination type thing. Yeah. So what did you think of your brother being the villain, Jay? What did you think of Alexios, Deimos in general? Well, they kind of give you like an option, right, throughout the game to try and like win him over. Yes. Same with like other family members to be able to like join you at the end. And I felt like even from the beginning, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to win this guy either. So I didn't even I bother. I was I like, screw same. you. You've already made your decision. I don't care what you want to do. I'm going to get rid of you regardless of what you do. You know, like I was just like, I, was, I wasn't having it. I was like, dude, you can't see the bigger picture here. What are you doing? You know, he's and he does him. some pretty atrocious stuff. Like when yeah. you meet him when he's an adult, he like butchers this guy in front. Thing of is, stuff. I think that's like one of the biggest moral decisions you have to make in every single Assassin's Creed game. Because you you even get told by people like you're just as bad as the Templars. You're just as bad as the enemy because you kill for the same reasons, just for your agenda rather than their agenda. Like you're both you're both as bad as each other, but one thinks they're more just than the other. So it's just you know. They're both villains. It's just depending on which side of history you want to be on, really. Yeah. So you killed... Did you kill Alexios? Yeah, 100%. I was like, dude, screw this guy. So when did you kill him? When did the game give you that option? Uh, 
at the end. Well, the, the, the right. not really the because that's the thing. I came, I thought I came to the ending like three times during this game. I thought, right, I killed him. It's the end. Nope, still got another like ten, twenty hours to go of like normal campaign stuff. So I was like, yeah, okay. Because you, because of the multiple paths, and because you fight him a few times, don't you? Yeah, you fight him, but then you get to a certain part of his health, and you have to like a tree falls down, and then you have to like run away or something. Is that when you, when you killed him? No, this is like mid, like near the start of the game. No, no, that's like halfway, three quarters of the way through. That's when he kills your friend. Yeah. Yeah. The one who you see in the underworld later. Oh, mate, so <laughs> much to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so on the family side of things then, what do you think of your mum, Maureen? Yeah, she was probably the best character other than you. It goes you, and then a few other people, and also Maureen is in that line of people. She's great. She's like badass. She's like, you know, this leader of this island, essentially. She's like Max the governor. Island, yeah. It's insane yeah. Like, how she just went away and has become this like leader. I think, I don't know, there's some sort of like weird thing with that family where they all seem very like, like they all need to be leaders for some reason. The dad is a leader or the stepdad's a leader, the mum's a leader, you're kind of a leader of the assassins or whatever, you know, all this kind of stuff. Just makes, I don't know, it's good. I liked her a lot. What did you think of her? Yeah, I agree. Second best character. I'm kind of really... glad she was that, though, because if she was just a normal mum, you'd be like, well, bye, mum, i got to go do this thing now. But she ends up helping you. It's like... Sweet. Yeah. And she was the first character from your past who was, like, dying to see you. Like, she thought... She thinks you're dead for 20 years. Yeah. So the reunion is very emotional. And when your stepdad sees you, it's like, you threw me off a cliff. Like, I want to kill you too. Yeah. And I was very close to killing my stepdad. Oh, yeah, they the give you a decision for that, right? Yeah, near the start of the game. Did you, what did you do, Jay? No, I didn't kill him. I don't think. You saved him, yeah. Yeah, I think I saved him. And then what do you think? I, I saved him too. I, I, it's funny. It was one of those moments where what I was thinking, Cassandra said out loud. So I was oh, like, sure, it's sure. worse. It's worse if you live with your guilt. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. It's much more of a torture that way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly what Cassandra says. So I was like, oh, nice writing, guys. Nice writing. Yeah. Writing, impeccable. Yeah, and yeah, it's, well, for the most part, it's very good. And what did you think of your stepbrother, who your stepdad basically adopts a son who's in the Spartan army? I can't remember. Maybe Jay, I'm I'm looking for a friend here. I can't remember his name, but he's looking for it. Yeah, he adopts a son almost, and you you meet him, and then it all gets a bit complicated. What did you do with him? Do you remember? Yeah, I didn't like him. I know that. Yeah, me too. Me I too. don't. I don't think I killed him. I just sort of like shoved him off. I was like, get out of it. Don't don't be a part of my life, basically. Sure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like him that much. Stentor. His name's Stentor. Okay. Yeah, I, I let him live. So, Jay, maybe we should go over who... So, was everyone alive in your ending apart from Alexios? Phoebe was dead. That's not a choice. I know, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Phoebe was dead. Uh, the funny guy on the island, the fat dude, or whatever his name was. No, no, but just your, your direct Just the lie. direct family? Yeah. I think everyone was alive apart from... Um, Alexios. Alexios. Yeah, and, mum and dad were in my party of people. And how? Oh, yeah, because they all the ones who are alive go to your ship at the end of the game, don't they? Yeah, the guy, so, the the stepbrother wasn't part of my my ship though. Right, I just okay. kind of like told him to go away. I was like, yeah, I don't really want anything to do with you. 
Okay. What did your mum? How did your mum react to you killing Alexios? Yeah, they didn't like me very much. What you, my man, dad? Yeah. So the you know the the end scene where you have like yeah. everyone around the table. So yeah. if you have the happy ending with everyone there, it's all like a like a party. But if you have it with just mum and dad, it's very like somber and kind of like awkward. Oh. It's kind of cringy, honestly. Right. They, they kind of can't look at you. Right. They kind of think, well, you've got the dad's like, well, you got rid of my my son, and the mum's like, you got rid of my son. So what are you doing? Oh god. It was weird. It was a very unhappy ending for me. Right. They kind of like don't like me anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah I kind of weird. I got the everyone's alive ending. Yeah. I Stentar was there or Stentor. My stepdad was there. Marine was there. And Alexios was there. Uh-huh. So I was like you, Jay. I was like, there's no way I'm converting it. The game's going to make me think I can convert him and I can't. And then I kept trying to. And then towards the end of the game, I was like, screw it. I'll try. If he kills me, like it's game over screen. Like who cares? So I, yeah. I ended up trying to convert him, and he eventually, he eventually let us. Yeah, you know, I think there's literally down. one instance where if you say a certain thing and another certain thing, it's like a, a point of no return, essentially. Sure. And sure. I think I I hit the bit where it was point of no return, so I couldn't even convince him if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was too late. And you mentioned Jay, one of the most important characters of the game, Phoebe the orphan. Yeah, she's very important because she makes a very large. Uh, appearance in the dlc which is great i thought that was amazing mm, and it's actually a happy ending for her isn't it yeah so she yeah. ends up finding her parents and well do you how, how did you how feel about phoebe in the let's leave the dlc for the time being just because sure. of how confusing it is what did you think of phoebe in the main game so I you, she was you... great i thought she was wonderful like she you kind of like were her mentor essentially weren't you but she also, yeah. she wasn't a god so she only had as much as she humanly was possible i guess yeah, and yeah, you met her on Kefalonia Island. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, you were her mentor. Basically. And then she ends up coming with you to Athens. And... Yeah, she like gets on the boat without you knowing, right? Yeah. yeah. That's insane. I love that. Shit starts to break out and um, she gets killed. Yeah, very unnecessarily too. It was like, it was it was mm-hmm. literally, if you were there 10 seconds before, she would have been fine. Uh, like that, and not, that is annoying me more than anything else in the game, honestly. I hate it when stuff happens like that. Where it's like, I think it kind of made sense though because it it plays along with the Greek mythology tragedy line of stuff. Like a lot oh, of yeah. stories in Greek mythology are tragedies because of things that only just happened or things that unnecessarily happened, and that kind of played out with how Phoebe's story happened. It was it was very much so a tragedy. It didn't didn't need to happen, but it happened because of chance and you know circumstance rather than anything else. It was just it was just bad luck. That's a good point, Jay. I never thought of it like that in resemblance yeah. to the game. The game kind of made me feel bad, though, because I, I, like, part of me thought, well, could I have saved her there? I didn't understand. Mm. I didn't understand if it, if it, if there was a chance of me being able to save her if I got to her quicker or whatever, but now it was all played out how it was supposed to. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's something like she's trying to give someone a message. Yeah. And these guards gets basically, caught, right? yeah, 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 and these guards kill her. But so very, very sad. Very sad. <laughs> so unnecessary. Possibly the saddest death in Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah, one of, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was again, sad. Again, Asano's like, again, play, you know, makes for good writing, though. Because it made mm. you feel something. 
Yeah, it's you true. Know, that's what you want good writing to do. Once it wants, you're supposed to influence everybody differently or similarly, depending on how you write it, isn't it? And that's that's a good sign of of good writing. That's how you know. It might be worth me mentioning, Jay, at this point that. For me, Odyssey tries to be The Witcher 3 a lot of the time, <laughs> but it doesn't quite cut it for me. Like, I don't know what you thought, Jay, but I thought a lot of the animations and the cutscenes where you're having a conversation were very unpolished. What, in Odyssey? Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely times where I thought they probably could have tweaked that bit better, but I'd, I'd say as an overall, I'd probably give it like a 8 out of 10 in terms of like animation cutscene-wise. Fair. It wasn't yeah. definitely wasn't the best, and it definitely wasn't the worst. It wasn't middle of the road, and it wasn't middle of the middle of the road. It was just a little bit better than middle of the middle of the road. <laughs> so yeah, no, I thought it was fine. I, I mean, it was good. It was as good as you could get from a 2018 game, really. I guess. See, I don't think that because Witcher Three came out in 2015, and I thought those animations during cutscenes were perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I've always found the Witcher ones to be a bit clunky. Really. Yeah, so I guess there's your difference. There you go. I've always found Witcher to feel very clunky and very PC animation clunkiness. Right, right. Okay, okay. Maybe that might just be personal preference. I don't know. No, no, fair play. And then we have another key character, Barnabas. Barnabas, yeah. Remind me who Barnabas is again. (laughs) He's your main captain on your ship. Oh, he's the guy with the wonky eye, right? Blind in one eye? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Barnabas, Jay? He's great. He kind of reminded me... He was kind of like... Adewale? <sighs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. He just kind of like was that best friend that kind of stuck around and was always there if you needed him. He was kind of like the secondary... Ca- he was like the co-captain of the ship, right? Mm. So if you needed the ship, he would just like appear with it out of nowhere and be like, right, come on, captain, let's go. He's sort of like your buddy. He's sort of like, you know, like your next in command, essentially. He's kind of like what I imagine some of the characters in, in parts of the Caribbean to be like, they'll just sort of turn up with the ship when you need them the most, you know, they don't, they don't you never have to ask them for anything because they always have you back. Always. Great. Absolutely. He, he backs you up no matter what you do. That's, I think really we could just character. say this as a general, but every character in this game was amazing in terms of the friendly ones, I guess. And even yeah. the bad ones, every character had a brilliant character arc. I can't That's think true. of a single character that disappointed me, honestly. Other than, I guess, the stepbrother. The stepbrother was a bit naff to me, but other than that. Even, like, the pirate lady. The pirate lady was amazing. Right, yeah, the one who's with Marine. Yeah. yeah. Every character just felt like... It felt like a movie, like you were being introduced into a character that had depth to them. Which, again, just lends itself to the good writing and character building and world building. Like, I, I want every game to have that. <laughs> it just felt so big from the get-go. But it never really felt too daunting, though, I will say. Like, all these new characters, they felt like, it felt like the pacing of all the new characters coming in was quite nice. It didn't feel like too much of a rush. I don't know if it's different for you or not. No, I, yeah, I, I think the in terms of the character introduction, it was perfect pacing. Mm. It wasn't too many, like a lot of open-world games. I think the gameplay-wise, it was overwhelming, but character-wise, really good pacing. And to be fair, when you look back, I think the characters are quite memorable, so actually they're probably better than you even realise when you're playing it. A lot like Borderlands. Borderlands tends to do quite a good job at making characters memorable. They're not all like the same character, just with a slightly different nose or something. Like They're actually different. They're built different, you know? Yeah. Especially that bloody pirate lady. She was mahoosive. 
She was like a bloody Amazonian, that woman was massive. Yeah, forget forget Abby. Fuck yeah, yeah, literally. She was huge. There was some other I don't want to go into every figure, but the kind no. of one that sticks out for me. I mean you can talk about the ones you want to talk about, but the ones that stick out for me, there's obviously lots of historical figures that you meet. Oh, I think we're probably gonna say the same person. Socrates. Socrates, yeah, exactly. He was he I think he was probably the best I don't know, he's just like I the guess best historical figure. Yeah, best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best, best historical figure in the whole game, definitely. I also liked, I can't remember his name, but the really like horny guy. Oh. Who was just like constantly having sex with everybody. Yeah. And he's like yeah. all about, he's, he's just like got all these relationships with all these different people and you have to like go help these other people. It's like, Did you shag him? Oh, I, everyone. Multiple times. Um, do you remember the party with, um, with the other philosophers and he was there as well and you end up going in that room and you have to like bang yeah. them all I guess yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember that I thought that, that he was like go get the oil and I was like which oil do you want <laughs> okay <laughs> like they should cover themselves in oils all of a sudden it's okay what? so which um, when you do that Jay yeah. and you can do it multiple times does, yeah, does yeah. your relationship change or does he fall for you or like what's the deal what do you mean like does he does anything come out of the fact that you get with him loads of time? Because I never got with him. Oh, no, I just think they're just overall more friendlier, I guess. Okay. Or maybe they help you more often, I'm not really sure. No, no, this guy in particular, I mean. Yeah, I know. I think there might be a potentially like a, some sort of like hidden helping hand in maybe a mission that is to do with him, maybe. It's something like Alcubides. It, yeah, I can't something like it. that. I want to say he might have been a real person too. Alcubides, something know. like that. Something like that. Yeah. I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, he was funny. <laughs> he was great. Uh, I loved yeah, the comedic yeah. side of things in this game were great too. That is Again, true. It was yeah. Even Socrates was funny, even though he was quite serious a lot of the time. Do you know what? Even as someone who has a philosophy degree, I can't believe how funnily annoying they made him. Yeah, they like, made him he was like Sheldon. It was like a good capacity. He yeah. knows he knows how smart he is. He knows how smart you are and how he wants to he wants to bring out the best in you. So he he asks he answers questions with more questions to be able to make you answer it rather than him have to answer it. It's basically he's basically like trying to guide you on like this like philosophical path of like trying to find your inner self within your own head. It's very like it's great. He I, one of the bigger things with him was more about the him bringing up the morals of killing people. He asked you that question a lot of times. I don't know how many times he asked you, but I remember it was like two or three times. He was like, "Why do you kill people?" Why do you do it? Why do you really? He had to like really get it out of you like properly. It was very, uh, very self-aware of the game to do that. So it was quite cool. Definitely yeah, enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. And then finally, Jay on kind of the family side of things. Mm. Pythagoras is your dad. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I need you to exp- like talk about this. I don't know how much you like remember of this because I don't remember much to be honest. Like, so Pythagoras is obviously Pythagoras, right? He's very old, and he's an Isu, right? Oh, no, he's not. He's a human, but he was able to live long enough because of the star. Yeah. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, so he's... I guess the timelines didn't match up and he existed before these other figures, but... I guess he is an Isu, though, right? Because you're still half and half. He's the other half. He's the Isu half. Or he's the god half, right? Hold on. Because your mum is obviously the human half. Hold on. No, 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 because it goes, it goes before, it goes before their bloodline. Oh, okay. I think. 
No, because they both, they're both, they're both got the mix. Oh, okay. I think. So I'm not actually sure where it started. I think event they just created like yeah, some sort of thing in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. So basically, what happens is because like when I was playing through the game, I was like, "Where's Pythagoras?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's kind of smart that he's like your dad, and he's like a really big figure in the game." Uh, by the way, shout out to Plato, who you meet as a kid. That's yeah. Cool. I was waiting for you to say that. That was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, "Is Aristotle here?" Nah, no, fair enough. So. Her? Yeah, Pythagoras is your dad. He's kept alive for an extra 200 years by the staff. A lot and longer then, than that, Maybe. Uh, yeah. So we concluded, the, the family one concludes with that scene that you talked about, Jay. Yeah. And then this quest line concludes when you find Pythagoras with the staff. So I did this quest line first, Jay. And this is my ending to this, like, to this quest line, which isn't a choice. Cassandra takes the staff... Mm-hmm. We'll come on to this in a minute. She keeps with it until you, as Layla, the present day assassin, finds her, Cassandra. 4,000 plus years later, yeah. Or close and to then that, at least. Cassandra gives Layla the staff, and I was like, this is a great ending. And then I had an extra 20 hours of game to play because that was only one of three quest lines to finish. How weird is that? It did feel weird. It honestly felt like a game that had three campaigns, which it basically was. But I feel like because of that, the endings were so felt so uh, much more weirder. Oh, uh, what like lackluster or just yeah, like oh look, Layla's got the staff. Oh no, sorry, you've got to finish this family quest line and do all this other stuff. Before I guess you... that was remedied though by the DLCs, right? True, true, yeah. true. Uh, at least we got the remedy for it. It's just a, in between the remedy, there was a bit of confusion. Yeah, did you say that ruined the experience or? I think it definitely dampened on the ending. Dampened, that's a good word, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I kind of felt a similar thing. I wasn't too fussed. I kind of figured, well, they're gonna they're gonna fix this in the DLC, so I'll just wait. It's fine. I mean, I'm sure there's still plenty to come. Because I think ultimately Pythagoras really only had you because you were supposed to be like a weapon, right? That was the whole point of having you. Good point. Yeah, he taught. He's like that. Kind of made me think. Well, should I really care if you're my dad or not? Because you just use me. Or you made me because you needed, you know, the future of the human race to be slightly different or something, you know? It kind of made me not think of him more as a dad, more of a more of a scientist who was just doing experiments and I just happened to be the rat that he birthed from another rat, if you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. felt a bit weird, a bit, like, a bit like in a cage, kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Good point you bring up, Jay. Yeah, I... Because you're really curious who your father is at this point. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, we basically brought you up to be a weapon or whatever." And I, yeah, I was a bit like, yeah, but he kind of like he talks about it in a way that makes it so you kind of have to agree with him. Yeah, like you. By the end of the conversation, I was like, "Oh, I kind of agree with you. Actually, it makes sense." Yeah, like if I if I'd rather not had been born this way, but if I have to do something, you basically are born to be a martyr. Essentially, aren't you? mm-hmm. you're passing along this staff to better live long enough to pass the knowledge of previous holders to better continue until we eventually win in quotes and mm-hmm. defeat the enemy so i can kind of like because obviously the next staff holder is layla right so mm-hmm. kind of have to wait and see how many years it takes from layla until we, we finish everything <laughs> you know who's good what's going to happen next like i think the biggest question out of us is is layla going to be in the next valhalla like, is she going to be a part of everything and how is she going to be involved well that's a nice segue jay onto the present day side of things 
And for the record, Jay, it always feels like when Quebec do the Assassin's Creed game, so much more happens in the story. Yeah. Like, if you look at Origins' present-day story compared to Odyssey, it's night and day. Oh, to, yeah, how much, to how much yeah. actually happens. Yeah, yeah. But present-day story, Jay, uh, I think we mentioned this earlier when we first started playing the game, but what did you think of... You know, we're playing as Layla again from Origins. She's got an extended team. We've got Victoria. There was a little hideout, which had lots of cool Easter eggs, which I think we've maybe talked about. Splinter Cell Easter egg, Syndicate yeah. Easter egg. It was basically all the Ubisoft stuff, right? Yeah. Whereas in Origins, it was Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Quite cool. Um, what did you think? What did you think of the present day things extensions? And what did you did you check out all the data logs and their emails and all that stuff? No. Okay. No. Not really. I mean, I might have checked out the odd one here and there just to sort of get a bit more info on something. But I, as I say, I have a bit of a love hate relationship when it comes to collectibles and audio logs and stuff like that. When the game kind of like has so much info that it requires you to go and do this separate thing by yourself. I'm actually like just starting. Like, got. I'm a bit annoyed and fed up with Assassin's Creed in general. Okay. But only when it comes to the story. Like, I feel like the story's gone on so long now that they just. I feel like the Assassin's Creed story could have been finished a game ago. Like, they definitely could have. But the only reason they they keep going is because they feel like maybe they don't have an ending and they don't know how to end it, right? Or maybe that there's just so much more to tell. That why would you ever want to end it anytime soon? I just kind of feel like there should have been an ending by now. Like it's just gone on way too long. <laughs> but I don't know if it, that doesn't really affect my my opinion on whether I want to keep playing Assassin's Creed or not. I still want to keep playing them because they're still fun. Um, but I just feel like I'm watching a TV show that has been going on for 20 years and there's still no ending. Like it's kind of like that feeling I imagine that a lot of people get when they watch a uh, film or TV show, and then there's that happily ever after, right? I feel like we're still in the happily ever after phase, and we haven't just watched their boring life until they die. But I don't know if that's a good thing or not. What do you think? Perfect analogy, Jay. It's like <laughs> watching a TV show, like, yeah. days of our lives. The end has already happened. On. Yeah, the end is already... still going. I think the conundrum they have, Jay is hardcore fans like me and you can just about grasp what's going on, which is a problem, right? Just. And furthermore, they don't know how to carry on the story while carrying on making the video games. And it feels like we're starting to draw to a close again, but we felt like that AC3 and then AC4 almost reopened and started broadening again. So it's definitely, and like we've got the reintroduction of Juno, which we'll definitely talk about in a bit, but like, yeah, it it does feel like guys, is there an, do you actually know how this ends? Do you genuinely know how this ends? Cause I don't think you do. I think I do. Do you want me to give you like a a prediction? Sure. It's going to end like this. You ready? I'm ready. There is no ending. No, and I mean this in this instance. So that the ending will be, who knows? The ending will literally leave you on a cliffhanger that will never, ever get resolved. Either that, or it will end with the world just blowing up again, essentially. There being a second apocalypse, and then that's it. Just happens again. It's just dumb. <laughs> I don't really see how else they could really finish it, really. Like there really is no good way of finishing the story at this point, I don't think. 
and that's all of a sudden they come up with it and then it's just amazing i but think there I, is a way they can do it. Be able to end this right like mm. the money there's too much money involved people will so like it's like call of duty why would you ever want to end call of duty there's so much money in it well that's a good jay i'm glad you brought up call of duty because this is just what i was thinking Same you can that. end the story without ending the franchise uh, you just you just separate them so you end so like let's say they finish the story in odyssey right oh. and all they do is they finish it and say oh you know the templars are still active and they're still doing projects and history and then every game after that you just that's just what the context is within the story that's all you have yeah, to do kind of like a comic book exactly like the same characters are involved, it's just a different point in time, and there's no ending because it's a little bit like the Batman Joker problem. Like there's no, there's no Batman without the Joker, and there's no Joker without the Batman. They kind of ha- they have to coexist for the world to exist. And I guess the Templars and the Assassins are the same thing. They have to coexist for the world to exist. So it'll just go on forever. There'll be literally no end to it. There'll be a future where it just doesn't end. Either that or everyone dies. I guess it's a little bit like the the Jedi's and the Sith. You know, if the Sith all go, that's it. There's no need for the Jedi's really anymore, other than just to protect the people from, you know, small crime. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. If there's no Jedi, then the Sith will just take over, and then they'll, you know, they'll rule their world how they want to rule it. So either everyone dies, or one side dies, or no one dies. We just, we just don't know how it's gonna, how it's gonna play. And I think the reason why these games do well is because, because of this conversation. We're just gonna keep talking about it until it stops, or until it doesn't stop. Like, you know, this game could literally keep going for another hundred years. They. They've got so many things to choose from. Too many things to choose from. So I guess we don't really have much, you know, in the way of needing to complain about any of it because it'll just keep going until we get bored of it, I guess. that's I think that's the biggest question is when will we get bored of Assassin's Creed? When? When do you think? Like, well, I realistically? Thought, I thought it was beginning to happen with origins but that was a revamp a reboot so an odyssey is arguably the most popular one yet critically and commercially Uh so truthfully jay it can easily travel all of the next gen i would say oh yeah it'll definitely not come to a close by the end of the next gen yeah like this will probably go on for the next body like i don't know two or three gens you know we don't know it's a thing I guess it's just until Ubisoft decide, well, we want to make a different game now. We don't want to bother with Assassin's Creed anymore. Well, it's already travelled again across two generations already. So I feel like a lot of developers do that, don't they? They'll make a game, and then they'll be like... like I guess you could make a similar comparison with uh, Rocksteady, with the Arkham Asylum games. They didn't want to make an Arkham game anymore. They wanted to make a, a Suicide Squad game, right? So... They kind of they they're still in the same universe, but they've just chosen different characters. So I wonder if Ubisoft will do that, where they have the same universe for different characters, or they'll just have a completely different new IP. Thing is, though, why would you risk getting rid of a, of a, such a valuable IP for a completely new one? Why would you ever risk that? I mean, they'd have to get. I mean, they'd. I think they'd have to literally have everyone who's worked on the most recent Assassin's Creed leave before they ever change the, any idea of anything. And that's like. 50 60 years from now i think you know like there's just no no there's no telling at all i don't know it's such, it's such a weird thing to like think about because we're, we're not going to get answers to this for so long we don't think at least so i don't know have to wait and see we we'll have to see how well valhalla does <laughs> i mean i imagine yeah. it'll do well again but like the assassin's creed brand is is so well known now that i, I don't think it ever can die it's kind of become its own marvel and dc isn't it it's true marvel and dc will never die They've been around mm. for 80 plus years already. 
almost a hundred years at this point. You know, it's it's. For what it is, I do think it gets away with murder because I can't imagine a Call of Duty like fran- like you know like Modern Warfare. I can't imagine that lasting two generations, as in the story. I mean, oh, story wise, no. But in terms of the same ideas of it just being shooting and killing people, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So going back to it, Jay, yeah. present day story. What did you think of the continuation of Layla and some of the more the other elements being introduced in the present day stuff? I don't know what to think about Layla ultimately. Okay. I, I guess she is obviously just a part of the bloodline, right? Is she? she so she is the same bloodline. Yeah, she's Cassandra's great, 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 a thousand times great granddaughter. So if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is she the same bloodline as Desmond? Oh God. Yeah, I guess so because he was Middle Eastern as well, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah, I think everybody who's got We've that bloodline has been Middle Eastern at some right. point, right? Or at least in that middle world. Like they're either North African, Middle Eastern, or Southern European. Because like, if you actually think about it, every single AC game has basically been within the same circle, apart from the Americas, right? You've literally got Southern Italy, or just Italy, which is Southern Europe. You've got North Africa of Egypt. And then you've got the whole of the Middle East with the uh, the Third Crusade and Greece. Like that is the middle, you know, the Middle East and, and Southern Europe. So you've basically just got the same circle of people within this bloodline. And then you've got this weird separation with all the, the sort of the London and the New York section of stuff. And now the Vikings, you know. So um, yeah, in terms of her though, I think I don't know how much longer they're going to continue her line of stuff. I imagine she's probably going to come out of it at some point and someone else is going to take over, but I don't know who. I don't know how. Whether that's going to completely make us forget about her and come back to her two or three games from now. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I like I think she's fine. But she was a bit... She did, she did act a bit strange at the end of the game. She kind of like acted like she was like this god all of a sudden. Which I guess yeah, she well, kind of is, but she acted a bit entitled a little bit. Yeah, we'll come on to that. A bit but... murderous, as she can say. Yeah, yeah. She, um, she's interesting, I guess. She almost feels like a villain. Like There's a very, very fine line between good and evil. She's really riding that line hard. Yeah, we'll we'll come on to that, because I've got some questions for you regarding that. Yeah. If I, some clarifications, if you will. Sure. One of the most important characters of the game, Jay, is Grease. Yes. So... Possibly the prettiest location we've ever had in a Assassin's Creed, from a nature point of view. Yeah, yeah, it's I'd green, say so. it's beachy, it's blue. So, do you want to just talk about some of your favourite places in Greece and some of the things that wow. you like? I think I'm going to have a similar answer to you, unfortunately, or okay. maybe fortunately, which is the islands, right? Yeah, they're cool. the islands are amazing in this game. It definitely, I think it kind of like, I feel like the islands in this game made more sense than the islands in Black Flag. Like they yeah. kind of felt like what, these are the kind of islands what Black Flag should have had. Even though Black Flag probably made more sense for the ones they did have because it felt more deserted island, kind of like piratey, right? Um, other than that, the other best locations were the cities like uh, Athens. Hmm. And like really built up places that had all these, you know, philosophers and artists and sculptors and 
you know, these docks with like amazing, you know, fishermen doing all this kind of stuff. Like areas like that were pretty amazing too. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think Athens is super impressive. Sparta's quite small, really. Oh, Sparta, that's another thing, right? Athens felt very white and very like stone quarry looking, like chalk looking, right? Whereas Sparta had this kind of like Bronze Age look, like kind of like weird, almost like tan look to it. It's very red, very orange, very like dark bronzy, kind of like brassy type colors. And that, that made a lot of sense. Yeah. It kind of made Sparta almost feel like this kind of like thick, almost like blood in the air type, really like gritty, dark place. Whereas Athens felt like this kind of like lighthearted, airy, fairy kind of artists go mm. have sex whenever you want kind of place. And I think that is just very telling of world building and like how they managed to make you feel about where you were and how much that correlated with the actual like atmosphere and the culture surrounding each of these places because you're in the same place greece but the culture was so different depending on what part of greece you're in and they really really did a good job at making you feel different about where you were perfect but perfectly done perfectly done yeah definitely definitely the many times when i was playing through this game even more so for the dlc was how did they have the time to build such a big well because so know, many right? different towns and cities? I, I know Assassin's Creed games have always had thousands of people work on them, but like at Odyssey alone, including the DLC, and you can say the same for Origins, it's it genuinely is a question of how did you pull the resources together to make such a big game so detailed? It kind of honestly, it kind of makes me feel bad about other games that I know are coming out soon. Like, a 2018 game is probably going to be better than a lot of badly made games that come out in the next 10 years. Like, that's just disgusting that that can ever happen. Like, it kind of makes me wonder, like, why bother to an extent? Yeah. I guess that's just my way of thinking about it. Obviously, bother because it you can obviously improve from your mistakes. But I feel like it just it kind of, like, almost shines a light on the gaming industry of, like, well, are these games being made badly because they want money from them more because they know they can monetize them depending on the brand of the the game they're making or are they just putting more time into this other one because they don't necessarily want the money coming from monetization of elsewhere they just want it from the actual pride and you know how well done of a game they can make like you, you look at a game like odyssey you can tell it was passionately made it was like very you know it came from love like it's that difference between bad tasting food and good tasting food that your parents make for you or that your grandmother makes for you the reason why it tastes good is because love was put into it right that's like the main ingredient i know it sounds like really cheesy but what you can tell when something's been made with love versus made with deadlines and money and greed there's such a big difference between the two and i think you can you can tell a game like odyssey and i say i'd say probably most of the assassin's creed games were made with i think a good mixture of both way because there's definitely a quite a large monetization aspect of the more recent assassin's creed games i think if you if you use the assassin's creed odyssey model to make every game from now on you would have nine out of ten ten out of ten games forever thing is though again you need the thousands of people and the money and the resources to do that yeah and the fact that you have to pull that off i think it's just you know insane <laughs> so it's so good they can do that but how long can they sustain that is the, i guess is another question you know it's a great question and on the topic of that 
the creative director for Valhalla, he's been fired over the last yes, few weeks. Which is, uh, I, I'm glad that it's later rather than sooner because that could have a bad effect on how the game comes out. Yeah, I think if he was fired any sooner, the game probably would have been worse off, right? Yeah, I would have said so. Because you've now basically lost the director of the game, which means that the, maybe the the last 25% of this game isn't going to be that good. Mm. Or maybe it's going to be worse than it would have been. This is a good comparison with the Snyder Cut. This is basically what's happened. This game was made by Snyder, and we'll say, you know, the, the more recent director who got fired, and now we're getting Joss Whedon for the last half of it, and it's now not going to be as good as it could have been, potentially. 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 Could be better. Could it be better? Could be better, exactly. We don't know. It's a gamble that I don't, most of the time, I don't like making or being seen made. But again, they, yeah. they have to save face, right? They have to basically go, well, do we want bad marketing on this, or do we want, you know, good <laughs> or better. and the question is the question is how soon after valhalla do they do the next one do they leave it another year do they do it the year after and yes. furthermore is it i think we Ooh, both yes. agree that valhalla is an extension of this third wave of ac game so the origins odyssey template yeah no i think as i was you, there's two years difference between this one and valhalla right or odyssey and valhalla yeah so i think we're probably going to get one end of 2021 and it'll be okay. the... I feel like... Because there's two different studios that make these AC games, right? As far as we know, yeah. So they've kind of got the... The, uh, the Call, Call of Duty, Duty model with the three studios, haven't they? They've got Activision, they've got uh, Treyarch, and they've got Hammer Studios, whatever it is. No, like, no, no. So they've got Treyarch, they've got Sledgehammer, and they've got Infinity Sledgehammer. Ward. There we go. There we go. That's what it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they make a new, uh, a new COD game every year. But by the time that the, the the previous company has come back to their chance to make a new game, it's been three years. So instead of one year of development, you've got, you've always got three years of development, which is insane to me. Which makes sense for these. I think they, they're kind of doing a similar thing with Assassin's Creed, where they make a game every year, then a two year gap, then a one year gap, then a two year gap, and so on and so on. So the development time is is you know sort of varying, but. Would you say that the games that have a year gap are worse off than the ones that have a two-year gap from previous games' experience? So I think there might have even been one that had a three-year gap, from what I can't remember. No, the, the, the biggest gap, the only other gap they had was between Syndicate and Origins, which was a year gap. And even in that year, they released the Ezio trilogy. So I think... To yeah, I think say, that makes sense, right? Because Origins wasn't as good for me. And that's yeah. only a year difference, right? Whereas Syndicate, I think, had two years. I want to say. I could be wrong about that. What was the difference between Unity and Syndicate? Do you One year. Oh, there you go. I don't know. Uh, what I will say, Jay, is like, I, I don't see the need for one every year. I'm no, happy. I mean, it, it has to be two years. years. Yeah, 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 it has to be. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Let's go to gameplay for Odyssey, Jay. Yeah. I found the combat fine. I like the assassinations a lot. I, I found the um, the general sandbox assassinations and origins really good as well. And it was just more of that. What did you think of the combat, the gameplay, the assassinations? So there wasn't a thing where you went to some sort of like weird dimension in this one, was there? They just died, right? You mean fade away? Yeah. Yeah, no, I got that because I had the DLC installed from the beginning and that was a DLC ability. No, I mean, like... Um, am I, do I mean that? I mean, like, in Origins, when you killed someone, you went to that weird black 
place, the the, the afterlife essentially. Oh right, yeah. But in in Origins, you didn't have that, or in um in Odyssey, you didn't have that. Like when you killed someone, you didn't talk to them for a bit before they died. They just died. Oh, in Origins, no, you in had Origins, that. In Origins, you talked to them, didn't you? But yeah. in Odyssey, you didn't. You didn't talk to them at all. I don't think so. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played. Oh, it. Jay, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a signature thing of Assassin's I Creed. I know that's what I'm saying. And I, I like the ones in Origins a lot. Well, where you talk to them for a bit and you sort of like, it was all you black wiped the feather, right? Yeah, yeah, it was all black goo and stuff, you know. Yeah, it, it was essentially the the sort of the like limbo, essentially, wasn't it? It was the it was yeah. the in between. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is. I a, I, I feel like they only really do that if there's some sort of religious reason. Or some sort of mm. cultural reason, because obviously Egyptians have the afterlife and limbo and all that. Uh, the Middle Eastern, like Altair, kind of had a similar type thing. It was all more to do with like religion. Well, they did it in Assassin's Creed too, though. Yeah, that's Catholic, though, right? He he was religious to a, to a degree. Yeah. I, I I think that's a big that's a um I didn't notice it to be fair, but I think they should have put that in. I can't know if they had it or not. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't think they, they probably did. should have done. I, I don't think, think they, they, they will in Valhalla. They'll have that. They'll have some sort they of. Like, defi- they definitely didn't have like her wiping a feather or anything, and no, they didn't have the loading like screen no. either. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got to do it for Valhalla. They have to. Yeah, because if you die on the battlefield, you go to Valhalla. There's you know all this like afterlife uh, reincarnation stuff with the Vikings. It makes sense. Um, but in terms of combat and gameplay. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I'd say it's probably the best one so far in terms of this era. Like the weapons were a lot smoother. The uh, the sort of loot in general was just much nicer and much better put together. Um, the combat I think was fine because you had all these abilities now, so it kind of felt more like an actual like ability game. Like you've got games where it's just you know mash square or mash triangle or whatever, like a a little bit like a Batman game, which is what previous Assassin's Creed felt like. You know, counter this and then just attack or wait for a, a thing. You had, you still had that, but you had that with um, abilities, and the abilities just made it. I think it made it felt feel more godly. I think that's the reason why they had abilities, right? It's because there was gods involved, which I imagine is like a maybe it's like a like a, some sort of mythical thing, which again again makes sense in something like Origins or Odyssey or Valhalla because there's this like you know religious godly worldly mystical spiritual thing going on so it kind of makes sense that is a thing um so yeah i liked how that that you know came to be and i'm I'm glad that i'm hoping we see more of it um i like the fact there's health bars makes it a lot easier I like the fact that enemies are level based so they're harder depending on what level you are there was there a thing about uh, like heavies and stuff where they're like enemies that were heavier like brutes essentially there was that wasn't there yeah, there was more shield. Yeah, there were, and there was shielded yeah. enemies as well. Yeah, and then like people were bows and arrows and stuff. Yeah, no, I think it was yeah. fine. I don't think you could have improved it much. It was there was no real necessary need for any other enemy type. I don't think you're kind of limited by the time era, like the era of the time, aren't you? You know, you're not gonna have people with guns over there and people with bows and arrows because there weren't guns yet. So kind of just it makes sense for the time as long as they stick to you know the era that they're in. You know, whatever. There's no, there's a limit to what you can do. So as long as you, you reach that limit, I think it's fine. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's very functional. Uh, you know, um, I don't have too much passion about it. Is what I would say. I mean, it didn't, it didn't feel like heavy or like you know, it felt no, quite it did feel light. Yeah, 
it i guess maybe i'm getting a little bit of fatigue from that general um counter i know this is the typical assassin's creed thing whatever but i found i found more often than not jay spamming the attack button just wanting the combat to be over because i had so much fun assassinating so uh, yeah okay okay yeah so I ended up boosting all my stats towards combat because I was like, get me out of this encounter. I just want to assassinate people because I feel really <laughs> cool when I do that. Yeah, I guess that's probably maybe the downside to Assassin's Creed is you're, st- you're definitely doing a lot less assassinating. Yeah. Although I feel like the assassination part of Odyssey was quite good. Like it wasn't, you know, awful. No, I no. Uh, I, you could you could throw and basically teleport to someone. I thought that was yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, the fact that we're probably not going to get that again in Valhalla annoys me a little bit. It's kind of like going, I don't know if you've ever had this with, you ever played Call of Duty, but there was a Call of Duty where you, obviously you run around on the ground all the time, but then there's ones with it where they had jetpacks. It's kind of like going from jetpacks and then back again, mm. like a similar type thing. You've, you've sort of been given this like upgrade, now the upgrade's being taken away from you. It's like, oh, okay, fine, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I like the assassination in this. I didn't think it was... <sighs> I, I think just because it's different doesn't mean it's necessarily worse. I definitely feel like Assassin's Creed has sort of gone in that direction now where it's more of an action game and less of a stealthy game. The game stealth definitely still is prevalent and makes sense for how it's doing it. It's just different. So would you rather the Assassin's Creed game be more about close-up assassinations now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of, we've, we've sort of had that, right? We've had our cake and ate it at this point. Eating it. Uh, yeah and they are trying to like you can either go in heavy combat or you can assassinate but like and i think now look at valhalla it's being like well vikings don't assassinate people so i mean they've got hidden blades in this one thankfully that's true that's true that's true but yeah i think you're right jay it's just that i'm just saying that when i get into combat scenarios i'm just like get me out i'm not having fun i kind of have the opposite to an extent I think I have like a maybe like a good like a Goldilocks version. Oh of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird again. It makes sense for me, but I kind of like I like the combat. I didn't love it. I liked the assassination. I didn't necessarily love it. It was kind of like I'd give the combat and the assassination like a nine out of ten rather than a ten out of ten. Like they they don't quite hit exactly where I want them to be, but they're damn near perfect. Hmm. So I'm kind of like not too fussed about having to complain about it too much. I can definitely see what your issue is, and I, I would, I think that's more of a nostalgia thing, right? Probably, probably. Like you just you're missing that the days where you didn't have to like get into combat and think about what weapon you're going to use next. Like Assassin's Creed used to yeah. literally just be pull out your sword and kill this guy, but now you're it's more right. about oh, which weapon do I use, and which is going to yeah. be best. You just, there's, a, there's a bit more mental preparation beforehand. Uh, even though I like Odyssey more than Origins, and I do like most of the RPG elements in it, there is too much for me for being an old Assassin's Creed fan. Like, there is definitely yeah. an element of oh, I do actually wish I could go back and like I miss you know we're getting the property development mechanics back in, but in Valhalla, but there is definitely an element of like yeah, I just I don't know if I'm st- I don't really think I'm still on board with Assassin's Creed being a full open world RPG. Truth be told, I'd rather have a twenty to thirty hour Assassin's Creed game where I'm in a city oh, where I've got proper story with proper characters, and I'm not saying Odyssey doesn't have that, but I still kind of miss that that era. And I think Syndicate and Unity are very underrated, and I think in a way they were the peak of that type of Assassin's Creed game that I like. In a way, I agree. I agree, definitely. 
there's I, but I kind of I don't know if you're maybe having this feeling because you're a lot closer to having just finished this most recent one but from from personal experience I've now spent enough time away from Assassin's Creed for me to now start to want to play it again but only ready for the next one not like not I'm not worrying too much about what the next one's going to be if it's going to be anything like an old one or not I'm just more excited about there being a new one like I imagine you're feeling a bit fed up with playing Assassin's Creed because you've done it so much recently. You're right. Yeah. I think once you've spent enough time away from it, you'll start to feel like it again. I don't know how much how what that time is for you. Mm. For me, it's between I don't know two or three months, I guess, roughly, right? But I, well, from past experience, what would you say that time is for you? Yeah, three to six months. But I'm I'm optimistic because Cyberpunk's gonna have to be played first. So it's yeah. not like I have to play. Oh, we, we're yeah. gonna play Valhalla when it comes out. So it, it's probably gonna be around Christmas time by the time we get around to it. So I think it'll be. I think I'll be ready by then. <sighs> and also, it won't be half as big because it won't have six DLC episodes on top. If you know what I mean. What do you mean? So like, so like when I play Odyssey, we have all the DLC to play. But oh, when we play Valhalla, there probably won't be much DLC out, so it will just be the core game. Yeah, DLC is a weird thing for me. This might be a good segue, I don't know. But DLC seems like a weird thing for me. In we, terms of, go on. I I don't. I've only liked one set of DLC for Assassin's Creed games so far, and it's just been the Odyssey ones. And I don't know if it's because it's Odyssey or if it's because it was done better. I've never, I've literally, I've played every other Assassin's Creed game at a time where all the DLC has already been out. And I've, I have played the game and never, I've never ever thought afterwards, oh, I wonder what the DLC is like until Odyssey came. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Because I'm kind of worried that I'll play Valhalla with there being no DLC and then not bother coming back to it. I'm, I'm tempted to honestly not bother with Valhalla until all the DLC's out. Interesting. So I don't, I'm, I'm still making my mind up whether that's actually like a plausible thing or not. I don't know. Because <laughs> for me, games nowadays feel like they're much better a year later than when they come out. They are, like, mate. That's every they game. are. That's every they game. Are. They, There's they so got... many updates to the game mm. over that year you know, that's been that it's just like a lot, even like a lot of just like you know uh, just things that help you day to day. Like there might be a UI change or like a HUD change or a menu, like just any, there's anything that's just like day to day things that would help you. Just like things, you know, where in the base game, they aren't realized because the game hasn't been out long enough. So it's weird. Like I feel like most of the time now I'll buy a game and then not play it a year later until a year later and be better off for it. Just because a game, when it comes out, they tend to rush games so much nowadays. I think every game that's come out in the last year has not been a finished game. On day of release, I think like a good maybe seventy five percent of them maybe. Let's I just, think I think yeah. their deadlines are just way too strict. Mm. Way too strict. It's ridiculous. I think, I don't I like think it. the the deadlines are strict and the budgets are too low. I think that yes. every game in the last three to most seventy five percent of the games in the last three to four years haven't been finished on release. They've been massively rushed and they've lost for they've lost out on for it. The the brand has gone diminished in reputation. The company's made less money. All this, you know, it's bad. It's just that they're, they're, we're in that weird time now. I feel like that time where a generation is going to end and generation at the start, like that lead up to it and the the time after is like a really bad time for game making in terms of getting things made well. Like either you're a company who can see that there's going to be a lot of things that could potentially go wrong and you fix them in time 
or you just don't you don't you ignore it and then hope that the game still does well. And I think you know, I'm just hoping that we're gonna get the first one rather than the second one in this these next couple of years. I really do. <laughs> so just I'm so disappointed with so many games nowadays. It's bugging me. But I'm not disappointed with Odyssey. I think Odyssey was good. I think I honestly think if I played Odyssey when it first came out, I don't think I would have liked it as much as now. Because of the DLC wasn't part of it. I think the DLC I think as long as the DLC is like necessary to the game. Like to me DLC should literally be part two of a game. The game the initial part of the game should be part one and the second part of the game should be part two. You should always have to get the DLC to finish a game, I think. To an extent. I the I agree with you, but the issue is is that not as many people will play the DLC. So let's exactly. say you don't do Horizon exactly. DLC, you'll play Horizon Two and be like, wait, who's this character? I've never yeah. seen him. It's like, well, you didn't play the yeah. DLC. I think there's pros and cons to DLC being made that way. But either either I think the way the, the good side of that is that a game can be rushed and then finish in the DLC. Or you make the whole game and there's no DLC and you don't rush it. You make another you spend another year making the game to finish it. That's what that extra. That's why a game is so much better God a year later, is because the game is actually finished a year later. It's not finished when it comes out. It's half done. It's only half done. That's what DLC is for most of the time. It shouldn't be that way. It should be make the whole game. Day one release should be 100 percent done. That's oh, I don't know. It's, it's I guess it's a budgeting is maybe a big part of that. I don't know. It's true, uh, but the the great. Let's move on to the DLC for Odyssey. So the great. The incredibly risky thing that they the developers did here in Odyssey is that the DLCs in this game, as you say, Jay, are part yeah. two and three of this game. Much, if you yeah. don't play this DLC, you Just will miss out on vital yeah. information to do with the story yeah, and the all. characters. And that is so bold. And, and the DLCs are so large, especially the Fate of Atlantis ones are just so big. Mm. And let's talk about so the first DLC expansion, Jay. Both are broken up into three episodes. The first one is called Legacy of the First Blade. Yes. So I think the main thing we should talk about here, Jay, is the fact that you have a child. You certainly do, and that's how the continuation of the bloodline happens. I, I mean, guess I'll, I'll skip ahead a little bit and say that basically your kid, yeah, turns into I want to say the father of Aya. Right? Is that how that works? Or like the grand, the great grandfather of Aya? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like you, you basically, your kid becomes the you know, the ancestor of Aya. Aya yeah. essentially is your great granddaughter in the future. Yeah. And that's how, because essentially Odyssey is a prequel to Origins. Which is ironic, especially because Origins is called Origins. Yes. I think Origins was called Origins because that was the official beginning of the Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed wasn't called the Assassin's Creed until Origins. Before the Egyptians, there was no such thing as the Assassin's Creed. It was just a bunch of people who happened to kill people because they wanted to or needed to. That's true. And there even no, in Origins, like, they're called fine. the Hidden Ones until yeah, the exactly. Odyssey one. Yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, Jay, I just want to quickly say that what a smart way to make you so emotionally invested in the DLC by have, making you have a kid by episode two or three or whenever it is. I mean, mm. what a smart thing. To, what did you think about that? Yeah, they really played with your emotions a lot, didn't they? Because your kid gets taken away, and your husband, like, something happens to him, and, like, what had actually happened to him, and he ends up dying, and again, it becomes this sort of, like, tragedy of, oh, is my kid dead? 
is my husband dead? Oh, he actually is. Oh, my kid's actually fine. He was just put on this island to be looked after by this lunatic, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh god, how did I ever let this happen? I'm, I'm a demigod. How did I ever let, like, you know, it, it plays with your your emotions as a person, and also your emotions as a character in the game at the same time. Again, perfect writing, just so well done in terms of like character development and how they like, just, oh, it's just so well done. And the fact that they bring in the Persian side of things too is a massive bonus, I'd say. Like you get like the the Persian side, you never really get to see. Because obviously the Spartans and the Persians were like the main enemies, right? So you never really yeah. get to see the side from the Persians, and you know how much. Because again, it's that riding that line of villain and, and and good guy is that to the Persians they're the good guys, and to the to the Spartans the Persians are the bad guys, and vice versa. So, but they're they they're both doing the same thing. They both just want their land to not be, you know, devastated by violence and war. They just want to be able to live without you know in peace. So. We finally get to see the uh, the aftermath of what happened to the generations after. Mm. I thought I loved I loved the outfits and everything and how it all looked. I love how they spoke mm. about everything. It was so well done. Yeah. We forgot Jay to talk about the civil war mechanics and the core game. Just didn't know if you oh, had yeah, thoughts. Point, yeah. So you, you could you could kind of change territories to be Sparta yeah. or for Athens. And uh, by the way, Jay. After the opening of the game, I hated Sparta. In fact, even when Marine sure, was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, let's go back to Sparta," I was like, "No, no." Yeah, no I like, I kind of didn't like the Sparta and Athens uh, territory thing. I think they could have done without that. It wasn't that. It wasn't. I think it was. It made sense because there was obviously a war going on. Anyway, um, I think it was just a game mechanic that just filled the game out slightly more. Yeah. Like if the game didn't have it, I wouldn't have been fussed. Like I'd been like, fine, cool. Yeah. Didn't really need it. Yeah. But the fact that it just it just it just helped with some of the story sometimes. It kind of gave you an excuse to be like, oh, there's a battle going on. Let's go fight for a bit. Just an excuse, really. Yeah, and the thing for me about being anti-Sparta was what's cooler than being a Spartan? Someone who kills Spartans like that. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so uh, true. In my in my mind, that was just a concept I came up with. But yeah. Uh, let's move on from that. I think, yeah, it's not a vital um, element of the game. The the legacy of the first blade, Jay. What did you think of Darius and the fact he's got a hidden blade? And yeah, so and... he's basically like the the guy who comes up with the hidden blade, right? From what we know. Yeah, and he he's apparently the guy who kills Xerxes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I think that's quite cool. So we now have an origin of the hidden blade. And we know it's not a blade that comes out from the wrist, it's a blade that comes out from the top of the hand. I don't think we actually go from top of hand to wrist until... AC1? AC1, which is the 11th or 10th century, right? Yes, 1191, I believe. Vikings still have the ones on top. I don't think they have the bottom ones yet. And that's that's 700, so... We know roughly when they transitioned. We don't know why they transitioned yet, but we know... Well, hold on, I think... I think Egypt, that in in origins, don't they cut off their finger for the hidden blade? Oh God, they could be right actually. So well, it depends uh, on depends on geographical location, but yeah. yeah. And what Jay? What did you think of uh, the guy you have the baby with? Because I never really thought he was like out of this world. Like, oh yeah, you're going to be the father of my child. I think that's kind of what Cassandra wanted. She wanted that normal human life to an extent, right? Mm. But still with the aspect of there being like an assassin side to both of them. 
because he was still, you know, he was a good killer. <laughs> he could still kill people because he could hold his own. You know, he wasn't going to die easily. So I think she just tried. She wanted to be with someone who was who could hold their own. You know, who could uh, survive more than anything else. Because again, it kind of almost felt like he was being used, like she was being used. She, he was just being used to just carry on the bloodline more than. But again, you know, she loved him, so it kind of just like. And that was like that. that was kind of an option, wasn't it? Like you could say, like, no, no, we're just doing this because I need to extend the bloodline. I mean, <laughs> which is a bit harsh. I, I prefer if it wasn't like that because it would kind of makes her feel a little bit less human. I think that's what makes her so great is that she's actually got human in her. Mm. That's what makes people great in this game is that they, they're human. They're not. I feel like the gods. This is another thing. This actually plays quite well into the DLC too. I'll come back to this kind of. Um, the gods felt like they were better than humans because they had made them. They were their creation. They felt like they didn't need to explain themselves. They didn't need to f- say sorry. They didn't need to have any sort of moral, you know, in any they didn't they didn't need it there was no karma when it came to gods gods could kill people and they didn't care about whether they could or couldn't which actually is like a good thing when it came to that remember that i'll just bring it up quickly but remember that uh that cloak i think or maybe there was either a cloak or there was some sort of medicine that got given to people in atlantis mm. and it blew them up it basically made them explode yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, the god like had the blood all over his face and was like ah, oh well on to the next like yeah. there was that kind of, there was no remorse. There was like, oh, he like gods basically looked at people like like rats, like experiments. That's kind of what we were. Humans were just like an experiment that either went well or it didn't. You know, it was like, oh, okay, they they were expendable. And I felt like having that human side of thing in DLC one was refreshing to Cassandra because she was like, oh, okay, at least I get to live, at least I get to live out a human part of my life because i think she didn't i don't think she, she did she know that yet that she was going to be a immortal when she had a kid see that's another was good question there? because you can actually start the dlc before the staff i think yeah so i think it all kind of just interweaves at some point yeah, so if, if you look at it from an aspect of that she knew she was immortal she just wanted to be able to live a life where she could just be human for a generation like 80 years or so roughly you know so yeah, I know. I think it just, it just plays so well with the rest of the story. It was perfectly oh, so well done. Like from one aspect, you could say this was like as good of a game as you or DLC you could ever get. Like the DLC made for this game is is all you could ever expect from a game of this caliber. Absolutely, like, there's no improvement. You couldn't improve this game in any aspect at all. Absolutely, and on that, Jay, the Fate of Atlantis DLC. One mm. of the smartest, again, again, one of the smartest DLCs because it was a two-part, you... right? Three. I, what I mean is, like, there was there was almost like two areas to the same DLC. Whereas in DLC one, there was kind of like one area, which was Greece, right? Well, there's three areas in Fate of Atlantis. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, he... you're right. You're yeah. right. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, so DLC one all happens in Greece in the yeah. in the kind of core map, and then Fate of Atlantis, another super smart DLC because now we're finding out more about the Isu. We're interacting with the Isu of Poseidon and and Hades and the like, and again, so smart. Oh yeah, let's go to the afterlife and let's interact with all the people we killed or got killed. I mean, like, how has that never happened before? Uh, 
Like, okay, we've maybe seen it in God of War, maybe, and you see, like, your kid or whatever, but, like, this is a whole nother level. Like, oh, look, there's Phoebe. Oh, look, there's that general I killed. Like, that's so smart. <laughs> yeah, again, like, it's almost like we're just conclude. like, this is going to conclude with, it's a, it's a great game, you can't really expect anything more. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just so well done. Should and- we talk about... Um, Elysium to start with for the second Yeah, one. I mean Elysium for me. Let me just prelude by saying that the Fate of Atlantis expansion is up there for me with Blood and Wine, Shivering Isles, Borderlands DLCs, Fallout 3 DLCs, like it's up there for me. But first oh, yeah. Legacy it's of the First Play probably is as well. Yeah, it's up there. And Elysium is one of the prettiest locations I've ever seen. So I guess we could start also by saying that we get we get taken there by a god essentially, right? Or an isu. We get taken there because we have a, we have a, a mission. We need to do something with the. Oh right, yeah. No, you're right, Jay. Sorry. Yeah. So at this point, Layla's got the staff. Yep. From Cassandra, and then you're you're carrying on the present day story, which was refreshing, and you then meet. Oh no. Yeah, I've forgotten. Alethea? I want to say Alethea. Something like that, yeah. Alexa. You meet an Isu who is basically the good, it seemed, seems to be the good opposite of Juno. Yeah. And. Like her sister, essentially. Yeah, and she's training. She gives. She says they're simulations, but I'm so. They, I need to clarify this with you, Jay. They seem to be history. Like, this no, they is are. what happens. Simulations of history. That's the point. Cassandra went right. and did those things. It's just you're playing them out. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. So she's playing. Yeah, so you're doing that, and so what you're doing is you're going through three simulations. The first is Elysium. The second is the you underworld. Don't stuff yet, do you? Yeah. The whole, you... the whole point was. Oh right, yeah. That you have to go through these simulations to be able to find out where the staff is. No, and no. Cassandra... You find find out the power of the staff. Yeah, the power of it. So then Cassandra then appears and tells you all about it, and then you can then the game ends. No, no, no. That was at the core game. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. Well, well, don't worry, we'll cover it. Um, so yeah, you go to Elysium, the Underworld, and then Atlantis finally. Yes. And Elysium, you begin with you meet. Well, they say Perse- Persephone, Persephone. Yeah. They say Persephone or something like. Oh, do they say yeah. Persephone? Whatever. Yeah, we what it is. Really nice location. You meet in a few more. The, that's more meeting new characters. Uh, I don't know if you want to comment on Elysium. Yeah, it's basically limbo, isn't it? It's the it's the in between between uh, heaven and hell, essentially, or the it's more of the in between between um, Atlantis and the underworld. No, it's more the in between between the world of the living, just Earth, and then the underworld, essentially. Like you either if you you either do something bad and you go to the underworld after you've been to Elysium, or you do something good and you go to Atlantis. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I think there is also a heaven, but Atlantis is just a place you can choose to go if you want to. Talk to the right god, and they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll, get my brother to <laughs> I'll come hook you up, that. yeah. And then, and then you go to the Underworld, which is where wow. things get really interesting. Oh, underworld was bloody manic. It was absolutely insane. It was so well done. Mm. It was so gross and just awful. Mm. Like, the amount of pain. It was amazing. Because <laughs> it, it, it kind of made like the Greeks... And all that mythology seems so much more real. Like it, it kind of made it seem less. 
I want to say less mythologic, uh, like less of a myth and more just like it could have been real. Real, yeah, reality, yeah. Yeah, it just seems so like grounded and well done. Yeah, it's very, it's very like Hades was that well done too, because he was he was obviously was the villain of it, but he kind of seemed like he was your only way out, kind of thing. It was very it was a very weird way of doing it, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that was really cool, as you say, Jane. Speaking to characters like Phoebe and other characters in the game that you meet that you never thought you would have to confront of killing and things like that. I'd say one of the weirder uh, enemies you come across is these warriors. So you find out that all the warriors go to the underworld. Like people who have killed in battle or died in battle don't go to Valhalla in this world, in this instance. They go to the underworld and serve in hell, essentially. It's like even if you kill people, for the greater good, you still have to go to hell because you kill people. Sorry, Jay, I just want to clarify. I think Elysium is the, the Greece heaven. Yeah, I think it kind of is. It's kind of like... Yeah. Atlantis is like a similar type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really, because I think there's a lot more... You can. Die, it's a lot easier to die in Atlantis than it is to... Uh, yeah, that's true. So, sorry, yeah, you were saying... Yeah, even people like... Even if, like, if, it's like, it's, if you didn't sin, you went to Elysium or Atlantis. But if you did sin at all, even if it was for the greater good, you still went to hell. Mm. Which I thought was quite you know fascinating how it how it uh, compares to other religions, I guess. Yeah, or mythologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you you it. met warriors such and kings such as Agamemnon, Achilles, Hercules. Her- right? Was Hercules one? Yeah, he was the one inside the the uh, the uh, the what do you call it the. Uh, what do you call the iron hammer uh, blacksmith thing? Forge in the forge. Oh, right? am I right about that? You, you go against Hercules in the forge, don't you? No, yeah, I th- you. I think you are right. I think you yeah. are. Yeah. So I don't know about you, Joe, but I found all those encounters quite underwhelming, considering the names that they. Yeah, have. I think they were. They they were boss battles, but they were somewhat underwhelming. I think the reason why they were underwhelming is because they were they were less. They were less of a myth and more real, right? They kind of had to base it more in, in reality rather than anything else. I think the gods overall were kind of a bit lackluster, just because mm. you know, stories are supposed to be grandiose. It's supposed to be this like imagination supposed to take over. But once you then realize that they're actually real and that they're a bit not as grandiose as they probably were told in stories, then you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm. It's it's like going into a game with too much hype, but then realizing that things have just been overly hyped and that they're actually just like this rather than like this. Same sort of thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just a makes it more realistic, which I think is a good thing when it comes to Assassin's Creed because Assassin's Creed is obviously based in the real world. So yeah, when you find out they're all Isu, it is kind of like oh, yeah, Isu. Yeah. So the first civilization that just so happened to live on a different realm, as it were. And I know this seems far fetched because of everything that's going on, but I f- did find that once you were fighting Hades, it was a bit like really we can kill Isu or defeat Isu now you know yeah they um, kind of felt a bit more fragile than what you would imagined yeah right? yeah so I guess again is a good thing because you don't want gods to necessarily be you know because I feel like even these gods weren't, aren't the god right they're not like they're not immortal I mean they are immortal no. but they can still be killed they can still yeah. be hurt they can still yeah. be affected by emotion and you know romance and violence and war so they are basically human but they're not they're humans with the amazing powers yeah no remorse (laughs) and then we finally get to atlantis and i have to say jay i think it might be one of my favorite places ever in a video game 
So the, I was the, very overwhelmed. The layout of the strut, the arc, not the arc, the architecture, yeah, and the way the water yeah. flows in between, and there was bits of land in between groups of water. I just thought it was awesome, and it was so big, mate. Considering it was one of three of six, like it was so big. It was very large. It was very hard to get around, actually, unless you fast travelled. It's true. You kind of had true. to go in circles all the time. Like if you wanted to get to one side of that to the other, you had to go, you had to kind of go around the middle to be able to get there really fast yeah. enough. So it was, yeah, I think that that definitely added to the longevity of the game, which I thought was quite good. And the important thing that happens here, Jay, is that we find Juno's husband, unbeknownst to us at the time. Yes. And we find Juno. We are oh, mate. So at the the penultimate mission, you see the shadow. If you depending on the option you pick, you see the shadow of Juno walking away, and I was like finally here we go we're gonna see juno this is we're moving forward so yeah you confront her and this was like her trying to save um the isu through her weird basically like tainting humans you find out that her and her husband were the ones creating the mythological creatures which we forgot to talk about Mm -hmm. um so the minotaur medusa the cyclops yeah. All of those, they were creating them from humans as experiments or something to try and yeah. stop the solar flare, killing them or whatever. Jay, what did you, firstly, what did you think of the mythological creatures in the game? They were well done. I thought they were really cool. Yeah, they were, they were cool. Slightly less under, slightly less underwhelming. They were slightly more whelming. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were. I love the prelude areas because they really built up the boss fight. Like when I went, when he went into the Minotaur maze, it was like, oh, this is so cool. I yeah. agree. Agree. And same thing with Medusa. Where like you going up to Medusa, there was all these like mummified or like you know statues, frozen statues, and you thought, oh god, what am I, what am I getting into right now? Am I going to die? <laughs> kind of what you imagine the warriors who defeated them initially uh, felt. You know, you kind of just yeah. reliving myths stories that were told a while yeah. ago so, i wish yeah, no. um looking back i wish every assassin's creed had those sort of mythological well, i have a feeling valhalla will have a similar type thing Fair. there's a lot of mythos with valhalla and the vikings so a lot of norse gods to look forward to yeah boy and what did you think of uh what did you think <laughs> what do you think <laughs> what do you think of juno then yeah so you need you might need to remind me exactly what happened because i can't remember what happened in the game good question jay what I think happened is Poseidon pr- imprisoned them for what yeah. they did to the humans because it that they yeah. didn't. Poseidon was like, I don't, I don't want that happening. And then, yeah, okay, and let's move on to like the ending of the DLC. So Layla kills Doctor Victoria, who was helping you and her team, because she's like, you're going in the Animus too much. You blah 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 blah. Yeah, she was getting in the way of history, essentially. Yeah, and like, she was getting in in the way of the good guys in quotes. Well, she was working for them, though. Yeah, that's what was so annoying to Layla, is that she kind of like... Oh, right, sure, sure, sure. Victoria didn't understand because she hadn't seen what Layla had seen. Sure. But then Layla was getting influenced by the staff, so she got really mad, and she kills her accidentally, kind of. Like, she gives her a good whack, and she kills her. And then Otsoberg... Is that his real... Is that his name? Jesus Christ, yeah. He comes... So bad, but yeah. Yeah, he comes along. He's like an assassin hunter, if you will. Yeah, you fight him as Layla with the staff. It's not that hard. He's part uh, of the Templars, right? Yeah, he's a Templar. He's essentially and, a 
cultist, right? Like a future version of one. He's just like a, a another pawn in the game of yeah. the Templars, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he, um, I'm pretty sure you paralyze him because you you stab him in the spine with your yeah, staff. I don't know if he's dead or not. I didn't. I didn't really understand. I don't it. think he's dead. He's, she's left him alive for whatever reason. And the whole time. Alethea or whatever her name is, the opposite uh, Isu of Juno, she's like to Layla, no, you're wrong, you shouldn't have killed Victoria, you're not the chosen one, I've made a mistake, and Layla's like... I didn't get that at all. Go on. I didn't get how, like, I mean, it's almost like this this person you're speaking to, this uh, opposite of Juno, wanted, like, the perfect human, like, a human that does no wrong, but I don't think this this person who was the opposite of Juno doesn't understand that to be able to do good thing to be to be able to for the greater good people need to die, which is what uh, people usually tend to mean that you're a villain. But in some instances you don't necessarily need to be one. You know, you get, you can kill for the greater good, which is essentially what the assassins are. They kill for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. The greater good. You know, it's so that such a fine line between villain and and good guy and i think that this other godly person didn't quite understand what that meant i need to clarify something with you then jay because you i talked about an issue i had with how like rogue sets out the templars to be good and then every other game they're evil or whatever and you i think you said something like this game kind of offers the answer to that it seemed to me that they took the last jedi approach which was that neither neither the jedi nor the sith are good per se um like if you have all jedi that's not necessarily good there needs to be a balance sort of thing at least that's what the last jedi i think was trying to say i think yeah something like that and then i feel like in this game because you weren't technically an assassin as cassandra it was kind of like neither a good nor bad like they both had there is a balance there gray area yeah yeah is that is that kind of the impression you got or Yeah, I think we we nobody really has the answer, does they? Do they? No, no. Like Juno doesn't know what's going on. Like we don't know whether or not we need this apocalypse or not. But Juno is obsessed with it and thinks we do. But there's no real yes or no answer. Like, you can't answer that question with a yes or a no. It just depends on who you ask. And I feel like if you ask the assassins, they're going to say no. If you ask the Templars, they're going to say yes because the Templars, well, I think, have been influenced this whole time by Juno. Right? That's the reason why the Templars are the way they are. It's because they were many, many years ago influenced by Juno, and now Juno is kind of seen as this like god within the Templar, you know, ethos essentially. Um, but yeah, it's it's again, it kind of like comes back to well, what what are we doing? Why are we why are we killing these people? Why are we doing this in the first place? And we still don't really know, not really. I think that's what's that's what's making me a bit fed up is that we don't really know what's going on. I just want an answer. I still feel like I don't really have an answer. Unless I'm just forgetting something and we did already get an answer, but I don't know. I can't remember. It's been so long. No, I don't think we did, mate. As far as I'm aware, what we have is we have a virtual Juno unleashed in the real world. Yeah. Which is what happened in 2012 with Desmond. Correct. Yeah. And then she had this whole other toy boy in AC4 and then apart from that, I'm not really sure if we've actually made any progress in the present day story. Honestly, I think the only progress we've made is Layla. I think that's it. And whether or not Layla's going to be evil now, I don't know. It's like she again. Once she had the staff, she kind of like gained this like godly no remorse 
kind of like attitude where she kind of just like became as bad as the gods. She sort of like didn't learn the lesson of don't be like these people, kind of thing. Like she, the gods are bad. Gods aren't good. They're just they're just mm. bad at humans. I feel like gods are creations of other gods, and it just keeps going. The gods were made by gods who were made by gods who were made by gods, and it just keeps going because there's no there's no true good person. There's no true way of living in life. There's no like any decision you make at any time is not a good or a bad decision. The only the only person who can judge that is you and people around you. And who's to say they're right or wrong? Nobody is. And I think that's partly the the kind of whole thing with this Assassin's Creed story is what's the right answer and what's the wrong answer. And by at the, at this point in time, we don't know what any you know what's good or bad. The only, the only thing we do know is that we're the ones who have been convinced by the assassins to be the good guys. Because if you're on the Templar side, you're the good guys and they're the bad guys. So it just depends on what side of history you want to be on. Ultimately. Absolutely. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what it really comes down to. Unless we get given a definitive answer of, oh yeah, temp- the assassins were right. Oh yeah, the Templars were right. You know, until we actually get this ultimate being being like, you are correct, you are wrong. Blah, blah, blah. You know, until we get that, we're not ever going to know. No matter how many catch-up videos they do in game, Jay, the story is so convoluted now. Yeah, it's it's been really buggered up at this point. It's just mm. like way too confusing. And with that, Jay, we're pumped for Valhalla. So, Are we yeah. getting more pumped as the time goes on? <laughs> yeah, I kind of want you to forget about Odyssey, to be honest. I will, I will. Just so you can appreciate Valhalla when it finally does come around. Yeah. And our lasting impressions, Jay, finishing this special, our lasting impressions of Odyssey now that you've had a few months away from it? I think it, it definitely has a place in the history of Assassin's Creed games. And its place is earned to be at the top. Oof. It is, it's earned. It's earned it well. It's earned it. it there's no ifs, ors, or buts about it. It's earned it. It's, it. it's in its rightful place right now. There's no need to, you know, it doesn't need to be improved. It doesn't, there's no real major faults with it. It's it's as good as it's going to get, and we don't need to worry about it anymore. The only thing we need to worry about is what happens next. That's it. What about you? What's your lasting impression? <laughs> One of the best. Yeah. Second or first. It was okay. just too long for me. But yeah, that being said, yeah, Jay... Yeah. And, you know, we've had the Golden Locks argument. That being said, <laughs> I tell a lie if I didn't say that even even though I thought it was too long, the moment-to-moment gameplay of playing through Atlantis, I found very mm. enjoyable. It, yeah. it was almost too good to not enjoy, even though it was too long for me. It was a strange, it was a strange, strange feeling. But I imagine I'm going to get a similar feeling with Cyberpunk. Like, it's one of those games where in the moment you don't want it to end, but when it ends, you're kind of grateful. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can breathe now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. glad it happened, and we'll, you know, on to the next kind of thing. So I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think anything can last forever. Yeah. I really don't. Things have to die. They have to end. If if they don't end, you can't enjoy them. Mate, tell that to Destiny too. Tell that to buddy the story of AC. <laughs> yeah. <And everybody. laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, Jay, is there anything else you really wanted to get off your chest about Odyssey before we close up the special? No, I really think that's it. I mean, it's it's you know. Does it feel slightly good to finally talk about the endings and things? Or <sighs> yeah, I kind of wish I'd played it a little bit later than I did, just so I had a bit more remembering of what happened. But 
other sure. than that, no, I think I think it is uh, games can be quite personal. Like my my experience is going to be different to yours anyway, regardless of how we played it or when we played it or whatever. So I think that again, that is just another telling of how good this game is. is you know, you can have similar but different um, reactions to a game, and it still be as good, if not better, than the, what the other person thinks. So. Or maybe worse, depending on you know what your opinion is. So no, I'm I'm grateful that it happened. If anything, thankful, very thankful. Good. Feel very privileged to be able to uh, enjoy such a story. Yeah, I'm glad we had a bipolar switch to playing this game. It was mm. a surprisingly enjoyable experience, despite the long, the length. <laughs> yeah, you played it way too long. Yeah. So uh, this is another final thing. Yeah. Is this going to change the way you play games from now on? Do you feel like you kind of have a necessity now to play games mm. slightly quicker than how you usually do? Do you need to get over a little bit of OCD just so you can enjoy things a bit more? Do you feel like you could have enjoyed this if you played it slightly, if you played it quicker? Is probably my my yes. know, question overall. Okay. Yes. Is, is that now going to influence how you play the next any game you play? This and Red Dead Two have been complete curves for me this year i will no longer for the rest of my life (laughs) play games as i did for these two games it's not sustainable it's not fun is it no no like there really is a limit to what you can do with a game and you kind of have to find it yourself it's not there's no definitive ending for anyone it's what you think it is and i just so i i think my speed was perfect for me and obviously your speed wasn't perfect for you, but it was good enough for you to barely get by, I guess, right? For now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't 200 hours, three, 400 hours. It was, you know, it, it was, it was the, you know, it's funny because when we think of Odyssey and Witcher 3, I think we should be thinking about Fallout and Skyrim in the same conversation because Odyssey is genuinely that long that it might belong yeah, in that is, conversation yeah. of Oblivion and Skyrim. So... In that respect, it, I don't think it keeps you nearly as entertained as those games keep me for 150 hours. But uh, yeah, like 100 hours, like it, it wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, towards the end, I wasn't like, oh my God, let's finish this game. It was kind of just like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's just, you know, I'm going to, you know, fast forward the dialogue a bit here. Let's, you know, sure, keep sure, it sure. going. Yeah. Yeah. And the and did really pick that much optional dialogue towards the end and that sort of thing. But like now I'm thinking... If I'm not that invested, I probably won't do the optional dialogue throughout the whole game, depending on what the game is and how much I like it. So, let's say Valhalla or Cyberpunk. Do you think... Let's say if you played at your speed you're playing now, you put 150 hours into the Valhalla, and you think, oh, God, I did it again. Why am I doing that? Do you think now that you're going to maybe aim more towards 100 rather than 150? I will try, yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess it just means because you know less, a little bit less exploration. I guess I don't know. So yes. I, really, I genuinely can't fathom how you put hundred hours into that game. Okay, so here's what I did, Jay. I cleared every location in Greece. Yeah, see, that's you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> From OCD. Takes too long. I cleared and I cleared every location in all the DLCs. No, it takes too long. That's that's where I think that again. That was is that more of a telling of the game or you? Ultimately, 
Is I it your fault or I, the game's fault? Or is I it a good think mix? it's both, Jay. I because think, I think, honestly, now that you said that, I think it is both too. Firstly, you can't I, put I, that much into a game without expecting them to not want to do all of it, right? Exactly. Does Why is it there? Why is it there? Does this now give us a definitive answer of there's a limit to how much a human can sustain their in, 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 entertainment in a game? Do we now know the limit of how much content in a game can be in there before a human can possibly get bored? Well, it's different, Jay, because if you it, when you play a multiplayer game, like people play those for thousands of hours with the same the same True. think True. features, right? But in yes. a single player game, there is a cutoff point, and I think we're beginning to find the generic general cutoff point for gamers like us. Yeah, like us, uh, not like not casual gamers. No, no, no. Casual no, gamers no, no. is like maybe thirty hours is max for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like thirty hours is a lot of time for a casual gamer. Yeah, yeah. But for someone like us, that's like we just get started. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, and I think that's that is true because I think a lot of people did say that Odyssey was too long for them. I personally think if you don't want people to play it, don't put it in the game. True, and and that's why I think Odyssey is bloated. And I do think that while clearing the locations is fun, there's just too many of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Which is why I'm hoping that Valhalla will be slightly smaller, I guess. Or maybe like a similar size, at least. I definitely want smaller or or more concise, right? You Smaller yeah. locations with more in it. And I think this goes to a game like Destiny 2, Jay, where I haven't played enough to know yet, but... It seems that each place is handcrafted. Does that make sense? Oh, very much so, yeah. So, okay, for, so you know Oblivion. The caves in Oblivion, they're all made by this one guy, but they've yeah. all got the same, it's like, here's a cave wall. Like, they've all got a similar template, right? Whereas Destiny 2 seems a bit more handcrafted, right? Each That's area is... Yeah. So, There's no two areas that look the same. Exactly, right, great. So I want that for Assassin's Creed. Don't yeah. give me 20 camps that look exactly the same. Give me five yeah, that look different. I feel you, I feel you. I did kind of get a bit of that, actually, with Assassin's Creed in terms of that things definitely did look different, but maybe not enough, right? I, I have thought... a feeling that Valhalla is going to be good because it's there's less landmass. You've just got the UK and, I guess, part of, like, Norway or whatever, right? So I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be, like, just... The same amount of content, maybe slightly less content, but in a smaller, concise. I think the majority of it was having to travel so far all the time. That's why most of the time, I think most of the time is made just by traveling. So as long as there's an easier way to travel and there's less distance to go, I think you're probably all right. Yeah. I don't know. Have to wait and see. But yeah, I think we've now hit this. We're finally trying to like, we're, we're starting to, through trial and error, figure out where it is exactly gamers like us, where our limit is. And where the limit can go beyond, and that then means that we're starting to enjoy the game less. And I really hope I, I don't want to ever hit that ever again. I don't want to play a game too long. I hate it. I hate that feeling because it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And then you just you regret doing it, and you're like, oh god, I've completely ruined my entire you know thing of it now. Yeah, exactly. And as kids, we always thought, oh, I want this game to be as long as possible. I want this game to be longer because I'm enjoying it. And I don't know whether it's because we're getting older or because games are getting longer or both, but it does seem that some, some, you know, like you say, Jay, I think we're beginning to really see people going like, you know what? Nah. Too much. And I I think Sony have just got A-star 
performance in that degree because last was part two god of war last was part one ghost of tsushima and spider-man and horizon zero dawn are all possibly the perfect length yeah they're great lengths yeah i agree apart from maybe part two for me which is like too long sure sure yeah which is too long for me sure yeah i just i really hope cyberpunk is like a good length <laughs> like i mean 60 hours for me would be fine yeah i feel you anything more than you. that would be great anything less than that would probably be annoying so here's the hoping kind of makes me a bit worried actually because obviously witcher was too long so hopefully they've just made it dense and nice mm. rather than spread out with annoying agreed i feel like density is kind of the way we're starting to head now because people are always talking about wanting to make maps bigger and better. It's like bigger doesn't bigger doesn't always necessarily mean better. Just make it better, not bigger. <laughs> Just make it better. But no, I guess yeah. I guess that's probably our only real gripe with this game. Then is that it could potentially be too long, and there could too, potentially be too much going on it in it. Right. Hundred percent. It's the reason why it's not a ten out of ten. Definitely. So it's a very good argument and a good thing to have. That's bad about a game. I'd rather a game be bad in a way because it's too long or there's too much in it then there'd be not enough mm. so we'll, we'll, that, we'll leave it on that i think that's true <laughs> too much is better than not enough. to your to that point jay when was the last time you played a game which wasn't long enough oh wow that's a very good question i honestly i might be good to save that for the for the podcast for the show okay yeah honestly uh, I'm not, that'd be a great topic yeah well thank you for joining me jay i'm glad we finally beat odyssey onto valhalla onto next gen onto the next all right honestly next gen cannot get here quick enough hurry up please (laughs) hurry up